Hey yo, hey yo. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. Salutations, beautiful people. You are now tuned in to the Minority Report. I am your host, Dre E. The Minority Report podcast is the dopest podcast on the planet where we tend to focus on issues, problems, great things, bad things affecting all minorities across the world. So without further ado, let's get into it. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dre E, and this is the Minority Report, episode number 25, A Woman's Worth. I'm your host, Dre E. I have a special guest in the building today. Her name is V. V, what's up? How are you? I'm good. What's up? Nothing much. How was your day? Good. How's your weekend been? It has been very good. Just mellow, chill, exactly what I needed this weekend. That's good. Nothing so exciting. N- nothing exciting? Mm-mm. You sure? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I've seen a few pictures, but uh, I'm going to keep that to myself. For the record, I only had two. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the record, she only had two, guys. Yeah. So um, that's good. So nothing much, just a relaxing weekend. Um, that's good. You had, a hectic, you had a hectic work week. So. Yeah, it's been a hectic month. Hectic work it's month. not done yet. I know the feeling, man. I know the feeling. So, but that's good, man. It's good you was able to relax. Um, as far as myself is concerned, I did a lot of I did a lot of moving around this weekend. So, um, protest for Vanessa, Vanessa Guillen. Um, that was cool. It was hot, but it was good. It was you know good calls and all. Um, did a few recordings, things of that nature. Caught up on a lot of homework. Um, a couple of exa- a couple of exams I'm taking. I, I took rather. So um, I'm almost caught up. I'll be caught up before midnight tonight because that's the deadline. So I have a choice. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but I'm all the way there, so it's all good. I mean, everything's going up. Everything's good as far as that's concerned. So, V, but to get up into your business, um, find out some things about yourself, talk about a few things, um, some personal things, some surface things, um, but all things you. Um, so just wanted you to know that I wanted to have this, I wanted to do this episode with you because I know a little bit about your background and a few, some, some of the things that, you know, has transpired in your life. And I consider you uh, to be one of the strong women that I know. So I figured what better person to um, have this podcast with. Again, the, the podcast is, the podcast name is no, not the podcast name. I'm sorry. The episode's name is A Woman's Worth. So um, you epitomize that to me. Um, I have been, I've been in your life uh, a little under probably a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we spoke the other day, uh, I got to, I get to see, I have seen rather the transitions you, the transition you made from then to now, which is beautiful and remarkable and brilliant to say the least. Um, but we'll start with where you're from. Where are you from? I'm from San Antonio. You're from San Born Antonio. 
That's unfortunate, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> West Side for life. Uh, West Side for life. Huh? <laughs> San shout Antonio. Out to my Lincoln Courts peeps. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hey, what's it called? Lincoln Courts. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Lincoln Courts. So <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means, I don't know what that means. I'm not from here, but um, that's good. Um, so you grew up. You were born and raised here in San Antonio. You grew up here in the projects, Lincoln. What is it? Park. Lincoln Courts. Lincoln that Quartz. was the name of it. They used to call them courts. We didn't call them projects. So it right. was like Victoria Courts. Gotcha. Just, they were just called courts instead of projects. Gotcha. So pretty much the same thing. Make it sound better. I guess so. <laughs> That's the project. Yeah. <laughs> but so growing up there, um, how was that? What was that like for you? Um, it was challenging. You had to grow up fast. You had to like be alert all the time. Mm-hmm. Um. But for the most part, everybody kind of, well, it was mostly Mexican, black. Okay. And so you got a lot of um, black culture, Mm -hmm. Mexican culture, and we just kind of, for the most part, everybody just kind of minded their own business. Mm -hmm. Um, You had your occasional, you know, the gangs and... and Occasional or... Okay, it was (laughs) the norm, you know, shootings here and there, you know. (laughs) break-ins <laughs> and stuff. You just try to stay safe, pretty okay. much. Um, but it wasn't, like, horrible. Like, I guess when you're living, when you're a kid, right. you don't think about those things. I mean, yeah, okay, so this guy tried to break in, but that's kind of normal for us. Right. You know, it wasn't anything that was, like, like nowadays, these things are traumatic, which, I mean, yeah, it is scary. I would be right. scared if somebody tried to break in my house now as a grown woman because now. now I'm like, okay, <laughs> now I know all the things that can happen. Right, Most But definitely. as a kid, right. you're just trusting... In my case, my grandmother is the one that raised me, and, well, she's going to protect me, take care of me. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about those things. But um, there were things you would see, um, drug use, um, fights, mm-hmm. violence and stuff you would see. But it was just normal. Normal day-to-day life. Yeah. I actually I try to explain that um, to a lot of people as well. Um, it's like even with my own childhood and the way I grew up and it being so – I guess you could say traumatic, dramatic, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But I try to explain that to people like I didn't know no better. So right. that was day to day life. Mm-hmm. Everything was good. I didn't know until, like you said, after I got older, like, yo, that shit was wild. Like, right. what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck is really going on back then? But um, so, no, I, I truly understand that. So in your household, you just um, you just alluded to um your grandmother raising you. Do you have any siblings that you grew up with in your household? In my household, it was me for a long time. And uh-huh. then um, I think when I got to like fifth grade, something like that, mm-hmm. then I had five other cousins come and live with us. But I had contact. I always knew who my parents were. Okay. I had contact. You know, my mom would come visit. Mm-hmm. I have two sisters and a brother. Okay. They actually lived with my mom. Okay. I just... My mom was really young when she had me. Mm-hmm. She was 14. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother didn't give her a choice. She pretty much said, I'm taking the baby and I'm raising the baby. And you were the first one born? I was the first First one. born, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as that is concerned, you you know, you growing up with your grandmother and your grandfather or just, just your grandmother? Just my grandmother. Just your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you growing up with your grandmother and you, like, you, you, you were the only kid in that house. Mm-hmm. She raised you yes. one-on-one. Okay. Yep. So um, how did that affect your relationship with your mother growing up? Um, I mean, what was your, what was your outlook? Like, how, how did you view your mother growing up? I loved her. Okay. I wanted to live with her. I wanted to be with her. Okay. Um, unfortunately, she had, um, it just never happened. My grandmother was 
very controlling. She okay. meant well, but she was very controlling. Okay. And everybody was kind of like, I guess she was the law, you know. Yeah. So whatever she said, the, the matriarch yeah, of the family. Yeah, you go by what she says, and that's it. You don't question it. Gotcha. And so my mom and my dad, they did try to kidnap me a few times, <laughs> <laughs> but because she had guardianship of me. Okay. Your, your grandmother. Had, my yes. grandmother uh-huh. had guardianship of me. They always had to bring me back. Gotcha. But yeah, my mom has told me stories where she was like. Uh, my dad would be outside the window. Uh-huh. And, you know, back then you just had the screens. Right, you had right. your windows open all the time. Right, right. And so she would just, like, slip me out the window. He's <laughs> waiting outside the window. And, she, you know, they would take me. Right. Um, my parents always loved me. I've always okay. known that they loved me. But um, I've always been close to my grandmother. Gotcha. Um, I went through different phases. I of resented course. her for taking me away from my... I resented my grandmother okay. for taking me away from my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I resented my mom for not fighting for me. Gotcha. And then my dad died when I was seven. So then I mm. w- was pissed at my dad for dying. Like, mm. hey, you were supposed to come and mm-hmm. get me. Like, what's yeah, up? Yeah. So it was a lot of good and, and bad things mm-hmm. um, that happened as a kid. With my grandmother, I'm thinking, like, it was normal in, in that area for a lot of grandparents. And you see that nowadays, too, where the grandparents are raising their grandchildren Mm -hmm. and for whatever reasons whether it's drugs or they're young like um it's just crazy how even that was normal you know even growing up it was like i never saw that there was something wrong with my grandmother raising me Mm -hmm. i just didn't see anything wrong i just felt like well why can't i be with my parents i love them i want to be with them right but i never saw it like I was different from anybody else. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was weird. Right, because it was the norm. Yeah, it was okay. the norm. And when I did see an actual family where there's a mom, dad, and kids together, mm-hmm. um, I saw that too. Like um, I had an uncle and an aunt, and they had their kids, and they were all together. Mm-hmm. But then later on, those are the same kids that came to live with us because they got caught up caught up in drugs. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of what would happen. You gotcha. know? So my, um, my dad was a drug addict. Okay. And so I really didn't see him much. He was able to, he was allowed to come visit me. Okay. But he could only stay on the porch with me. He couldn't actually take me Mm -hmm. because of his condition. Correct. And I get it now, but when you're a kid, you're thinking, I don't care what my dad is. He's my dad and I want to be with him. Most definitely. You know? Especially for daughters. Yes, you do. And, And you don't realize, like, I, as an adult, I guess I kind of felt like, well, I've never had a man actually be in my life because it was my grandmother. She took care of everything, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I felt like, well, I'm all right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I made it through, but it actually did affect my relationship, my relationships with men. It well, did. Like we're gonna, we're gonna how talk I about treated that them, later you know, ro- so later down the road. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it was it was um, I experienced some hard losses as a kid, but mm-hmm. it just kind of felt like. Like, nobody ever stopped and said, hey, let's talk about your dad dying. Right. It was just like, I knew he died. Right. And he was never coming back. And that was it. So, uh, but how did you find, how did you find out that your father passed? Ooh. I mean, um, was it was it something that they came to you and, and said to you? Or was it something that you figured out down the road? It was it, um, my maternal, gra- my, my paternal grandmother came to tell my grandmother that my dad had died. Okay. So she actually came to tell us or tell her. Mm-hmm. And I was in the room, but I was a nosy kid. Okay. And so I overheard her say that okay. to my grandmother mm-hmm. that my dad was dead. Mm-hmm. And 
I knew what that meant. Right. I knew like that's it. He's not coming back right. to visit me anymore. Right. And so I cried. But in my house, we were not allowed to show emotions. Mm. It was like, if you cry, people are going to see how weak you are, and they're going to take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. And in our neighborhood, you can have that. Mm -hmm. Once you showed weakness, you right. were going to be a target. Right. So I dried up my tears because uh, my grandmother asked me for the, the phone, oh. for her me to bring the phone mm -hmm. so that she can make phone calls, whatever. Right. And so I'm like having to wipe my tears and mm -hmm. stuff. And she didn't say anything to me at that point. Mm. But I already knew. I heard. Right, I right. heard what happened. And I had to just be strong. Right. And then go to the funeral. At you know, seven. So, yeah, at seven mm -hmm. years old, I had to hold back my tears mm -hmm. at my dad's funeral because I didn't want my aunt or my grandmother to be disappointed. Right. And I wanted to show them that I, I was not right. going to embarrass them and be right. strong, you know. And that was something that, like, now I think about it, I'm like, I can't imagine right. my grandchildren or my, my kids mm -hmm. being that age and having to be that strong or, right. or expected to do something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, whoa, I don't even know how I did that. It's crazy. That, yeah, that is. Uh, so you had that traumatic experience mm -hmm. as far as your father's um, passing. Um, your mother, I'm assuming she lived in close proximity to you? Yes, she okay. did. She did. And um, at one point, she actually lived in the same projects that we did. Okay. So it was walking distance. Like okay. We, you know, I, I would go stay with her on the weekends okay. sometimes and stuff. And uh, so I had a relationship with my sisters and my brother. Okay. Um, at one point, she had a car accident, and she was in a coma. Mm -hmm. They didn't think she was going to make it, and she actually pulled through. How old were you? Yeah. She How old were you at oh, the time? I don't, I can't remember if it was before my dad passed mm. or after, but it mm -hmm. was close in that time. But I'm before you turned 10. Oh, yeah. For sure. Before okay. I turned 10. Mm -hmm. And so I remember she, she didn't know who we were. She didn't know who mm. her kids were, and at that point, it was just three of us. My sister Jessica, my brother Tony, mm -hmm. and so they came to live with my grandmother mm -hmm. for a while be, wh until she got better, mm -hmm. and that was so great because I had them. Right. You know, it was just like amazing. Mm -hmm. But then when my mom got better, they had D to go back. go back with my mom. Okay, and that was another difficult um, situation because we had to. I, at that point, it was like, well, this is my chance to go be with my mom. Right. And so I was like, hey, I want to go too. <laughs> and man, it was like I was betraying my grandmother. It was just bad. Mm -hmm. It was just horrible. And you, did you, did you uh, voice that to your I grandmother? I voiced it. Okay. Because. Okay. And, you know, um, going back to, to my dad, um, at one point, I had told my dad, I want to go with, I want to be with you and mom, you mm -hmm. know? And he made it seem so easy. He's like, tell your, tell your grandma. Right. I was like, okay, hey, grandma. Right. I want to go live with my dad. Right. Man, she whooped my ass and said, don't yeah. you ever say that again. So let me ask you a question real quick. Um, why, do you think your grandma, why do you think your grandmother had such a strong hold on you being there and living there? I think she was a bit codependent, but I think also she really wanted me to have better opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure, though, because it was just our relationship changed a lot when I got older. Mm -hmm. As an adult, mm -hmm. we got so close. Mm -hmm. But as a kid, it, you know, I, thinking back now, I see where she had bouts of depression. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I just had to kind of like walk on eggshells right. and let her get through that, you right. know. 
Um, but I was a bad kid too. Like I was getting into stuff. I was curious. I wanted. I always wanted to know how things worked. Mm-hmm. I would take things apart mm-hmm. and sometimes break them. Most of the time, break them. So, <laughs> you know, my grandmother. I feel like she was just doing the best she to could. try to raise a good, a good kid. That's good. So, um, so fast forward to your preteen, your your preteen years. How was your how was your how was your time in middle school? What did that look like? And the only reason I ask that question is because when it comes to elementary school, for the most of us, I mean, nothing's really going on in elementary school. Mm-hmm. You're learning some shit. You're learning, actually, what you need to know for the rest of your life in middle, I mean, in <laughs> elementary school. You learn how to read, learn how to write, you know, you, right. know t- you know, math, tell time, and things of that nature. But see, like in middle school, though, it's more of a... Um, that's more of your coming of age. You're finding out about yourself. You're going through puberty and shit. You're starting to uh, develop your personality, and kids are starting to click up and things of that nature. Do you remember those years? Is mm-hmm. there and is there any first? Yeah. Do you remember those years? And is there anything that sticks out in particular that I mean, particularly that that you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? That really like I said, resonated with you during your middle school years? Mm, I mean, I went through so many different changes in middle school. Okay. Um, My sixth grade year, I remember, I was an, I'm I'm a nerd. I'm like Mm -hmm. really a nerd. Like I I love to read. That's a lot of what I would do is a lot of reading. Mm -hmm. My grandmother would take me to the library. You know, we would Mm -hmm. check out books and, Mm -hmm. you know. But in, in middle school, um, sixth grade, you can't really play sports and right. stuff, so I really would get into my book study. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had I had friends. I always had friends and stuff. So my sixth grade year, I was like, okay, um, I want to, you know, be in band, play sports, and things of that sort. And then, and and I was going to a good school, like where we lived in the neighborhood we lived. There was actually a good middle school. Okay. And so. But around that time is when my cousins came to stay with us. Mm-hmm. So now I had, I had to, every, the dynamic at home changed. We had mm-hmm. to move because now we need a bigger place. Mm-hmm. And now I have to share the house with other kids. Okay. Um, although cousins would always come visit, but it's different when they're living with you. Well, yeah, because definitely. now you're the oldest one. Mm-hmm. So guess what? The responsibility. You're responsible for these yeah, kids, mm-hmm. you know. And when you have somebody that suffers from depression and stuff, guess what? Sometimes they're not going to be able to watch the kids. It's going right. to be you. Right. So it changed in that sense where it was like some of the freedoms that I had, mm-hmm. I no longer could. Like I couldn't go swimming with my friends anymore right. because I had to stay home and watch, watch the kids right. so that she can go run errands or whatever mm-hmm. the case was. So it changed in that sense where it took it restricted some of my freedom. Mm-hmm. Not that I was allowed to do much anyway, but I was allowed to go to like the public pool, mm-hmm. could walk whenever I wanted to. Like my summers, that's where I spent them. Right. Um, and then at one point, um, I would go to camp, to mm-hmm. summer camp, mm-hmm. you know, um, with the Girl Scouts. That okay. was something that I did. So you were in the, you were in the Girl, Scout, yeah. Girl Scouts? Yep, I was a Girl, Girl Scout. <laughs> I sure was. And um, oh, and then I also I even did double dutch, did Uh-oh. tournaments. Is that stuff. right? Well, it was with the Girl Scouts, so oh, okay. I did you know like horseback riding and all that stuff. Like we did, I did a it's lot impressive. because of that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that, most know? definitely. Because most kids don't get those opportunities, yeah, you're you know. Right. And so I spent like a week in Boy Scouts, and 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know. Boy Scouts can <laughs> meet up to what Girl Scouts. No, they probably do. can. I don't know. I, I quit after a week. I said, I'm, it's you know, not for you. My yeah. pops is like, nah, you good. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good for us, and I think um, part of it was because my my grandmother did volunteer a lot in mm-hmm. uh, in the community. Okay. She volunteered a lot. She would coach. Mind you, she didn't really play right. sports. She didn't have an education, mm-hmm. you know, because their generation, right, you had to work and for have us. a family. Right. But she was not dumb. She right. she would educate herself the best that she could. Mind you, she couldn't read very much, but she would learn. That's she dope. would learn to read and write. And so, anyways, um, it took away some of that because now I now I had to stay home and mm-hmm. and watch help mm-hmm. watch these kids, and they were bad. They would cuss <laughs> at us and just, <laughs> oh my God, you couldn't leave anything. They would take it, you know. <laughs> Kleptos. Yes, seriously. <laughs> Mind you, you know, I refer to them as my brothers. I love yeah, them. Yeah, no you doubt. Know, I no love doubt. them, you know, but damn, it was challenging. I was like, y'all are ruining my life. I can't stand this. And um, so um, then seventh grade, so we had to move because they mm-hmm. came to live with us. Well, we moved to some other projects, and the school there, it was, they didn't have the classes that I needed. Like mm-hmm. I was in, we would call them honor classes, you know. So I was in honor classes. They don't have those available to me. Okay. And the environment was even worse than the other one. Okay. At least over there I had my friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a group. You know, we were all the nerdy kids. But, right. you know, we could hold our own. Right. And now it was like, okay, I'm the new girl. And I never really... Um, was big on like I was not boy crazy and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I I was more into sports, playing outside, you know, stuff like that. And so when I went to that school, I ended up getting into several fights because girls were coming to me and saying their boyfriends broke up with them because they want to be with me. And I'm like, right, I right. don't even know anybody right. in the school, you know. Right. But there was a lot more gang activity, okay. and so it was kind of like, well, I'm gonna have to hold my own mm-hmm. again. And that's when I met um, one of my best friends, Audrey, and she's still my friend to this day. Um, but that changed me a lot. That okay. After my my cousins came to live with us and we moved to this other neighborhood, mm-hmm. changed a lot um, because there was a lot more exposure to actually young people smoking pot and mm-hmm. doing stuff like that and then the gangs. Mm-hmm. So I would get accused of or questioned at home. Okay. Um, are you doing drugs? Are you okay. doing and and honestly, I was a nerd. Like I really was a bookworm, and I was really into school. Like I wanted to get good grades. Mm-hmm. Mm, I changed um, how I dressed. Um, before I would wear, you know, um, cute little. Okay, so you know, back then Madonna was in and stuff. So uh-huh. you wear the little socks and all the mm-hmm. cute little stuff. With you know, just right. You know that. <laughs> That the look. style that yeah, was yeah. then, you know. Yeah, yeah. When I went to this school, it was like you're gonna get beat up wearing all that cute stuff. Uh-huh. It's just not gonna work. So you put some dickies on, like what you do. I seriously, <laughs> some of them had dickies hey. and the red wing boots uh-huh. and stuff, and I'm like, whoa, Chuck Taylor's. seriously. <laughs> so yeah, that's when I started my jeans and t-shirts, uh-huh. my you know rock t-shirts, uh-huh. Iron Maiden yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. stuff, uh-huh. and the big. Um, High tops uh-huh. with the loose shoelaces, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. kind of <laughs> stuff, and feathered my hair. <laughs> I sure did. I think my friend you need has to find pictures. Some pictures. Yeah, like, no, oh, we, need, we need some pictures. I see of that. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> I, I, you know what? If feathers came back, I would totally. Do oh, it again. I'm sure. 
do it again. <laughs> no, but bring um, it back then. Bring I, it back. <laughs> my daughter won't let me leave. Oh yeah, no, that's right. That uh, right. I know now. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she would not. <laughs> so um, I think that my seventh grade year was a huge um, change for me. Mm-hmm. It really was. Um, so the only time I would get to do anything is there was one aunt that um, I had a couple of cousins that were close to my age. Mm-hmm. And um, they would let me spend the night at their house, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when um, she, okay, so that aunt kind of did her own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, her and my uncle had divorced. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of did her own thing. Um, I remember that's when I actually went to, we had fiesta, you All know, right. here. Mm-hmm. And I'm a seventh grader. So we go to a concert at, at Market Square. Okay. You know, and. We're little kids. Right. Like, I mean, to me, you're a little kid. You're right. seventh grade. Right. But at the time. You was grown. Yeah. You know, I was, right. I was like, I can hold my own. I'll beat somebody <laughs> up. They try to <laughs> mess with me. I'm going to beat them up. You gangsta, know? gangsta. Right. Seriously. <laughs> I was like, and so um, that's when um, I kind of like, you know, in seventh grade, it's kind of when I was like, you know, like, oh, okay, that guy's cute. Mm-hmm. And, and um I didn't go boy crazy, you know, but that is when I met my first um, husband. Okay. So In seventh grade? Yeah, it was in seventh grade. So, um, but everything, like, everything changed. Um, I felt very restricted, though. Mm-hmm. Once my cousins came to live with us is mm-hmm. when I felt very restricted. And um, and then I just kind of, I, I felt like I couldn't talk to my grandmother about anything. It was just too scary to talk to her, like, Boy stuff. Okay. You know okay. what? I like this this guy. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, help yeah. me out, Grandma. What right, do I right, do? Right. Give me some advice. Right. I I wouldn't. I didn't have anybody to say. Well, if he tells you you'll do it, if you love him, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, or you'll have sex with him, or whatever. However right. you want to look at it, you tell him. Well, if you love me, away from me. I didn't have that. Right. I didn't have somebody to kind of tell me. Well, to guide you. Right. Through. All I just yeah. kind of was like, uh, and all, I. I've noticed about myself that I would give in to guilt trips or I don't want somebody to feel bad, so I don't want to say no, Mm. you know. And so sometimes I would find myself in situations that I really wasn't ready for, Mm -hmm. you know. And um, so in um, my eighth grade year was cool. It was all right. Um, I played a lot of sports. What did you play? I played volleyball, basketball, soccer, and I ran track. Um. By that time, though, of all the change that I went through in my seventh grade year in that mm-hmm. other neighborhood, mm-hmm. at, that, at that time, okay, then we had to move again. Mm. So I went to another middle school. So mm. I had to make friends again. And so you went to three different middle schools, three different, three different schools. years, each yes, year. Each year, yeah. Tough. That's rough. Yeah. yeah. And, and so um, it wasn't hard for me to make friends there. I had a couple cousins that went there already. Okay. And, or actually, I had like three cousins that went there already. And they were all girls. Okay. And I remember right before I started my eighth grade year, um, I have a cousin that's like a little bit older than me. She's always, you know, just very girly, Mm -hmm. really pretty and stuff. And so girls would hate on her. And I remember one girl called and she's like, you bitch, blah, blah. And I answered the phone. I was like, first of all, you don't know who you're talking to. And guess what? The first day of school. I'm coming to see I'm you. I'm coming to see you. And you're going to get it. All right. <laughs> bitch. So exactly. So my eighth grade year, I like felt like I ran the school. You know, they were all scared of me. Gangsta, gangsta. You know, I was like, what? You know? 
make other people see it different. They'd be like, Viola who? But, <laughs> right, right. You know, in my world, I was right, like, right. Use the shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so eighth grade year was cool. I had fun. I was able to go to an eighth, the eighth grade dance with uh-huh. with um, with the father of my kids, mm-hmm. and that was nice. Your grandmother allowed that. My grandmother actually allowed me go to, to go to the eighth grade dance with him. She actually did. That's good. Yeah, and then, you know, but then um, when I got to high school, we moved again. So high school, um, I did stay in the same high school throughout the whole four years. Okay. But it was another move. Had to make friends again, and um, which was okay. It was not right. hard for me to make friends. Right. Like after you move so many times, you kind of learn. Right. And so. Uh, my ninth grade year is when I ended up being a teen, uh, or I ended up pregnant. So, mm-hmm. so that I couldn't play sports and mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I still stayed in school, did what I had to do, mm-hmm. and I had my son a few months before I turned sixteen. So it was the summer after my freshman year. I completed mm-hmm. my freshman year, and then that summer I had my son. Mm-hmm. You know, and and my grandmother. I mean. To tell her was scary. I thought she was going to kill me. I really, like, I'm not exaggerating. I thought she was going to kill me. I believe you. I thought she was going to, (laughs) like, pour pills down my throat (laughs) and try to make that baby come out. You know, I mean, I was so scared to tell her. And my mom actually went with, like, came to help me tell my my grandmother because she knows her mom. Okay, that's how, that, was, that was my next question. Yeah. Was it your mother's mother or your yeah, father's mother? Yeah, it was mother? my mother's Mom, okay. mother. So, so she came to, to tell me, you know. <laughs> Walk you through that. Yeah, and then and my uncle was there. I remember my <laughs> uncle was there. I love him. He's gone now, but, man, he was there, and he's like, well, well, I mean, well, now we know she likes boys. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's your response? Like, what? You know, and, you know, um, but... It was scary. She, she, my grandmother was very disappointed in me. Yeah. Because to her, I was going to be the one that made it, the one uh-huh. that, you know, did better than everybody else mm-hmm. did. And so I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to deal with a, a pregnant teen because you do feel like, wait, I, you know, I had plans for you or <coughs> had expectations for you, and right. this is going to make it harder for you. Right. So let me ask you this real quick. Um, so basically... Basically, you gave birth at 15 years old. Yeah. Your mother had you at 15 years old. My mother, I mean, at 14. At 14 years yeah. old. Um, during that time that you were pregnant, at 15, at 14, 15, which, whichever, but 15, let's just say 15, um, that you were pregnant at 15, did you in any, did you in any way think that your life was over and that you would end up like your mom. And not to say that your mom was in a fucked up situation, because I don't know, but did that all that did that run through your mind? Like history was pretty much repeating itself with you. And if it did, what made you overcome that? Um I didn't see the pattern, honestly, okay. at that moment. At that moment, yeah, yeah of course. I didn't see the pattern. Like right. now in retrospect, I right. see the pattern. Like I see how, you right. know, grandmother, right, my right, right. mom, me. Um but I don't know if it was because of everything I had gone through or what it was. My my mom, I saw she made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw what my sisters and my brothers mm-hmm. went through. Um, I remember everything that I would see 
in mm-hmm. the neighborhoods I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I remember always knowing that I didn't want that for the rest of my life. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was scared. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what the heck was going to happen. Of course. No idea. But at the same time, I knew that now I was going to be responsible for this person inside mm-hmm. of me, this little, this baby. And I felt like I'm going to have to do whatever I can to protect him mm-hmm. and, and, and allow him to have a good life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've always known that I wanted something different. I've always known that I didn't want to stay and repeat that cycle mm-hmm. of poverty, of, of, I mean, you know, having a bunch of kids at a young age mm-hmm. and ended up alone and things of right. that sort. I knew I didn't want that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never had any um, regrets. I was just scared, though. I mm-hmm. mean, of course, now I, it would have been great to wait till I was older because yeah, you're that young. You really don't know what you're doing. Yeah, you're still you a know, kid your, your mother instincts kick in, but still, you're a baby. Right. You're a kid. Right. And you're going to do what you're going to do for that child, but... I made so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. I didn't have patience. Mm-hmm. I I, exp- I wanted him to, you know, grow up fast mm-hmm. and, and things of that sort. We kind of grew up together. My right. son and I grew right. up together. Um, but I always knew that I had to push harder to get to a better place mm-hmm. for him so mm-hmm. that he could have something good. And what helped, too, is that his dad never left the picture. Mm. That's good. His dad actually stayed by my side. <coughs> he worked. He finished school. And and me too. I went to school. Um, I didn't skip a beat. As soon as school started again, my sophomore year, mm-hmm. I was there on the first day of school. That's good. My grandmother did come around, <clears throat> fell in love with my son. Mm-hmm. She would watch him for me while I was in school. I was about to say they usually do. Yeah, well, a lot of them yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she would watch him <laughs> for me while I was at school, and and um, my son's dad would his family would also help whenever they could. So they were a big support. That's good. That helped. Yeah, most definitely. Because if I didn't have that support, mm-hmm. I probably would have had to quit school. Mm-hmm. Would have been a dropout. Mm-hmm. And God knows what, where mm-hmm. I would have been. Right. You know, but um, that was helpful. The other thing that sucked but helped was my grandmother was like, you wanted a baby? You're going to take care of this mm-hmm. baby. And she made me use cloth diapers. Mm. <laughs> and there was not going to be no cleaning service to come and clean those cloth diapers. Right, right. Because it's better for his skin uh-huh. and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, yeah. now I'm looking, I'm like, no, because you want me to work hard and know what it means to have a yeah, kid. You yeah, know? most definitely. Yeah, I had to wash those things, hang them oh, outside wow. to dry. Like, I would not recommend that to anybody. <laughs> right? Like, I got disposable diapers that don't do it. <laughs> Unless you have a cleaning service, you know. But I did not have another child for seven years. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. because I saw how much hard work it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my grandmother helped while I was at school. She watched him. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm grateful to that. Mm -hmm. But the moment I got home, here's your child. And if he stayed up all night crying because he was sick or whatnot, guess what? I still had to go to school the next day. Right. You know, which is good because Mm -hmm. it, it, I didn't have a choice. I had to be responsible. Right. Whereas you had, some other I had some other friends because sadly the school I went to they were known for teenage pregnancies mm. you know that's where they would send them all they would just send them there mm-hmm. and I saw where some of them would keep having kids and I'm thinking like dude aren't you tired just from the first one you know but it was because the parents would yeah. just take, step just take in and uh-huh. okay take care of mm-hmm. the baby and they didn't right. really understand or or have to deal with the consequences yeah that's, they didn't the have the responsibilities that mm-hmm. you had so it's like 
they knew their parents or whoever mm-hmm. had their back and was going to take care of their kids. So it was nothing to them yeah. to keep having kids. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, man, it's a good thing that your grandmother. Uh, yeah, there was some good. You, you know, that. there was a lot yeah. of good to her. I mean, yeah, yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Strict and controlling ways. <laughs> <laughs> so you graduate from high school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you and your um, husband get married? When you, your boyfriend uh, from oh. high school, middle school, get married? We didn't get married until my son was five. Okay, that's when we actually got married. Okay, um, we stayed together the whole time, but mm-hmm. you know, I think <laughs> you're so young. You're, oh, of course. Like I was still in high school. He he was still in high school when I had my son, and um, we had our ups and downs. But when my son was five, mm-hmm. we decided to get married, mm-hmm. and um, we worked things out. We then we had my daughter. What about four years after we got married? Mm-hmm. Um, and we did family stuff. He was we were a, a family. Mm-hmm. We 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 got our own place, our own house. I think we were in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but he worked hard, too. He worked hard. I worked hard. Um, he was always, you know, he would support me going to school, but I was always off and on when it came to college. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we had our little family. We were, you know, um, for the most part, it was a healthy environment for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I had my daughter, that, I mean, it didn't really change things much, you know, other than <clears throat> just having another, having to start all over again. Right. But it was so different from when you're 15 to right. when, and even that, that I was 22, right. was still young. Right. But it was so different. Such a, it was a different experience, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but we, you know, my son did good. You know, he was he's really smart. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's like kind of like his mom sometimes, you know, those smart people that just kind of like slack off because you're smart. They're smart. Yeah, yeah I do know. <laughs> Which that isn't smart. But <laughs> yeah, no, I know all about that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, my son was actually five when we when we got married. We okay. didn't we didn't want anybody to pressure us or right. anything like that. Right. My grandmother never tried to pressure us. Um, if anything, she loved having me there, mm-hmm. you know, but I did move out. Oh, gosh. I can't remember how old I was when I moved out. It wasn't too long after I had my son, maybe a few months after mm-hmm. I had had my son. Mm-hmm. So to go to high school, because I was staying with um, with his dad, and even at that, we're staying with his dad, with the grandpa. With mm-hmm. the, so I had to take two buses to get to my grandmother's house mm-hmm. and then two buses to get to school. So I would have to wake up early mm-hmm. because we didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. We just didn't. Yeah. And so, and then it was the same routine, you know, two buses to get to get, pick up my son, two buses to get home, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. but I did. did, did it, like yeah. now I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it didn't seem like trouble at the yeah, time, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just didn't. So I don't know how I did all that stuff. Right. Even looking back, yeah, you'd be like, what? I like, know. <laughs> I'm just going to watch it, right? <laughs> I don't have that energy right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, most definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me this. Um, what's your philosophy in life? My philosophy in life. Do you have a philosophy as really far as life is concerned? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. I've never really stopped to think about something like that. You know, that's like I got you. <laughs> think about it. <laughs> <laughs> if if you could change if you could if you could change one thing about your life right now 
what would that be? Probably not procrastinate as much as I did, because mm-hmm. I, I have. I, I always put myself last. Mm. So it would be actually putting myself um, before others in the sense where I, I've learned that you can't take care of anybody else unless you're taking care of, unless you're taken care of. You got to take care of yourself first. Facts. You know, and it's like, you know, what they tell you in the airplane, mm-hmm. you know, first oh, yeah. put, put your put mask you, yeah. on. Mm-hmm. And then whoever else, your child, child or whoever, yes. But when all your life you've just been in survivor mode, Mm -hmm. you know, without realizing it. Mm -hmm. And then just through the different experiences, because there's just been so many things that I've been through Mm -hmm. that have caused me to stay in survivor mode. Mm -hmm. Where um, in the past few years, not very many years, maybe the past four or five years where it's been like, why am I always panicking? Why am I always... Why do I have all this anxiety? Mm-hmm. Why am I feeling like this? And it's because that's what I'm used to. That's mm-hmm. what I was used to. I was used to always being like just panic mode. Mm-hmm. And we got to survive. Like the ship mm-hmm. is sinking and it's like everything's okay. Calm down. <laughs> you know, it's like, but mm-hmm. you're just so used to to being in that zone, to being, to feeling that way. And so um, that's like, honestly, from the past few years, the things that have happened, um, I learned that <laughs> not everyone you help is going to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone <coughs> that has gone through what you've gone through has the same mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, healing and growth is a choice. Not everybody wants to do it. Mm-hmm. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, so <laughs> that was actually, um, that was something real profound you just said. Um, and it's a philosophy of mine. Um, healing and growth is a choice. I feel like a lot of us who come from the backgrounds that we come from, I think that, like you said just a second ago, you know, you was like pretty much stuck in survival mode for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. I can attest to that as well, myself as well. So, um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, but for myself personally... I never, and not that you did, because I don't know, but I never, um, I never wanted to be the victim. I never wanted to be even looked at as the victim of whatever the fuck it was I was going through, you know. It's like I've always been mindful of the fact that I had something to do with whatever it is I was going through as an adult. Mm-hmm. As a child, you know, you, you're given those circumstances, right. you know what I mean? But as an adult, I play part in a lot of that shit, you know. So, um, and when I look at it through those lenses, it it's it's always it's always helped me maneuver through it. Cause it's like, okay, well, you fucked up here, so you need to, you know, not right. do this again, or you need to yeah. move this way next time, or whatever the case may be. Whereas a lot of people, a lot of people, it's like I mean, it's, it's like something I posted the other day. Something like it says something like. Um, a lot of people love being or playing the victim because it gets them attention. Something mm-hmm. like that I posted, something like That's that. True. And it's so very true. Mm-hmm. And what I found being 40 plus years old now, <laughs> I found that, not, not to say, I don't even know the word for it. <clears throat> so the lack, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say those people annoy me. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you've been through this, you've been through that been through this you've been through that 
Like, when are you going to switch some shit up? Right. When are you going to do something different? Or if it's nothing that you can control or help, then when are you going to start seeking out help and seeking, seeking the proper help that you need to prevent you from being stuck in this victim mode? Right. You know what I mean? Um, because it's not attractive. I'm just... And that's men or women. It's not, a, it's not a male or women thing. This is a people thing. Right. That being and playing... Well, being the victim is one thing, but when you're playing the victim and you're constantly playing that role, Mm-hmm. That shit is annoying. It's unattractive. It's just no, man. I mean, identify whatever the problem is that you have. And like I said, if you can't identify that problem, then go to someone who can help you identify that problem. Right. And then once that problem is identified, then you need to start doing the work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, like I said, they don't want to do the work. They don't like you. Like you just said, it's it's a choice. Yeah. So either you want to change, either you want to grow. Or you want to be stagnant and you want to be complacent in what it is you're complacent with. And that's unfortunate Mm -hmm. because when you stay in that type of mindset, there is no room for growth. So so it's just one of those things that um, I wish uh, more more and more people would, especially from black and brown communities, would understand. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're taught in black and brown communities that um, therapy, um, life coaching, anything that has to do with mental health and therapy is taboo. Right. Like, we don't talk about those things. Mm -hmm. We deal with them. We keep that shit closed in. You're a weak ass if you... You're a weak ass if you do. Men men ain't supposed to fucking cry. Men ain't supposed to show emotion. And (laughs) in the Latin community, it's basically... If you cry, you're weak. You know, you gotta you gotta be strong. Yeah, see, it's the same in you know the black community as well, and it's just it's just unfortunate, man. That at this point, like we're I I finally feel that our communities are finally starting to wake up to. No, I need some fucking help. Right. <laughs> Me keeping this shit because because V, what's happening is, and it's sad, man. Because what's happening is. And it's a good segue into what I'm about to talk about next. But what's happening is it's ruining a lot of us Yeah. when it comes to dating, mm-hmm. being with each other, and having a significant other, and having a life partner. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that's the mental health aspect of it is a huge part of it. Because we have, I know we have... <laughs> We have a lot of women out here who are who've been through hell and back, yeah. and they're holding those. They're forty plus years old. Mm-hmm. I, I date women thirty five years up, thirty five years old and older. That's what I date, and I'm dating women. These women thirty five years and older, and they have such deeply rooted issues mm-hmm. that it doesn't even allow them to, for one, enjoy their life more right. or less, enjoy their fucking partner. You know, because their uncle or their father or their mom's friend or whoever done molested them at the age of seven years old, and they've never told nobody. They never spoke on it. They're still holding that secret and have been holding that secret for 30 plus, 30 some odd years. And it is literally tearing them up from the inside out. And they don't even recognize it because they think what they think, what we think. Mm-hmm. Um, victims of abuse. We think it's our fault. 
that it's our fault. And we think that if we suppress it and put it in the back of our mind and bury it as far as we can bury it, that no one can see that. Yeah. But the problem is, because a lot of us are so damaged from things that we've been through, the ones who are damaged, i.e. myself, and i.e. yourself, yeah. I'm going to recognize it in you, and you're going to recognize right. it in me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And until we start seeking out that therapy and getting some help and start revealing these, um, these issues that we are going through, that cycle is going to continue. Yeah. And, it, and it's going to continue to repeat itself, and it's going to continue. Whatever goes in the house stays in this house. Exactly. And you don't speak about this. You don't speak about that. Mm -hmm. And it's very unfortunate, you know. And so my thing now is for our generation, like when we're raising our kids, we should never have to say what goes on in this house stays in this house because yeah. nothing so traumatic mm -hmm. <laughs> should be going on in your fucking household. Because exactly. if I whoop my daughter's ass for doing something bad, I don't give a fuck who she tell. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Go tell them. <laughs> tell yeah. motherfuckers, come talk to me. Mm -hmm. They probably need an ass whooping too. You right. know what I mean? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, and that's it. That's the gist of it. Because if you don't, if my daughter's, you know, it's like, and the thing is, like, as a parent for, my, for me myself, I believe in freedom of speech, you know what I mean? Like, if if my daughters do something wrong and I have to talk to them about it, I'm going to let them plead their case, whatever yeah. that may be. Like, freedom of expression. Tell me tell me why you did this. And if it's good enough, it's valid enough, okay, oh, okay, well, don't do that shit again, blah, right. blah, blah, blah. But if it's just some fuck shit, yeah. no, nah, I'm going to have a fucking problem with that. <laughs> and, you, and you might get your ass whooped, right. you know what I mean? But, I have, you know, my twins, they're 16. I haven't whooped them since four years old um and but Ava man she's gonna be the one for me man I already oh, know Lord. so <laughs> but but hopefully I'll get her straightened up but, but before she gets to uh to go to middle school for sure yeah, hopefully but yeah no for real so, but um but that's the thing man so nothing's gonna go on in my house to where I have to right. be like what goes on this house stays yeah. in the house um we we can't be man we can't be so free um, with people that we allow in our house. We can't be, a, and that's just a, that has nothing to do with, you know, molesting kids and um, abusing kids and, and, and each other, man. It's just, you have to be careful with the, with, you have to be careful with the energy you allow around exactly. yourself. Yep. You see? So if it's like, if it's a negative vibe, if it's negative energy, you don't need that shit. Mm -mm. But so much of, so many of us are damaged to whereas, we recognize that shit, and that's the only shit we know. So that's the only kind of that's the only type of shit that we're comfortable yeah. with. Yep, that's your comfort zone. That's your Even comfort it's zone. Toxic and bad for you. That's your comfort. And zone. it's crazy, man. And like, um, it 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 always reminded me. Like, honestly, I didn't really know that um, I was like that until I was <laughs> I was listening to one of my favorite rappers, man, and he said, um. If you make me uncomfortable, you're going to put me in my comfort zone. That shit was so profound to me. <laughs> Even now that I say it, I get chills, man, because, like, yeah. 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 That's where you grow when you're yeah. comfortable. If you're comfortable, yeah. you're just going to put it in neutral and just yeah, ride and then, that. You know, yeah, man. And, and when he said that, though, I was like, oh, fuck. I got fuck. I, I got issues. Yeah. Because I am too comfortable yeah. in uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. I had to get my life together after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really had to get my life together after that. So that that in itself, man, it's like we're we're here at this point whereas – 
relationships, man. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tell me about these relationships. Oh. No, don't even tell me about the relationships, really. No. Don't tell me about the relationships. Tell me this. Um, when it comes to men, what is one thing that you want men to know when it comes to just dating women? What's one thing that men should know? And, of course, this is from your perspective, but that's what I want to hear. I want to hear from your perspective. What do you think that men should know when it comes to women? Hmm. I think, well, something that men should know. It's kind of tough because women are so complicated. Even for me with my girlfriends, I'm like, dude, I don't get you. Do you want this or do you want that? You know? And I'm a woman and I'm like, I would never date a woman myself. (laughs) It's too much work. You know, um, I think just um, one of the biggest things that for me helps me with men because of my experiences and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I've had good men in my life Mm -hmm. and I've had bad men in Mm -hmm. my life. And one of the biggest things is learn to be for each other. And I think that goes for both men and women. Mm-hmm. But if I know that a man is for me, he's going to watch out for me. Mm-hmm. His interest is or, or his intentions are good. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not trying to find somebody perfect, mm-hmm. but be for me, man. Be loyal, right. you know, have my back. You know, I'm not I don't need you to fix me. I don't need right. you. I just need to know that when times get tough, you're going to be there. So if so you mentioned loyalty, correct? Yes. So if if uh, um say you was dating someone or you was married to someone and that person cheated on you, mm-hmm. could you for, could you forgive them? I could. You could forgive him. Would you stay with him? I have. Okay. I have stayed. Um, it affected though the relationship. It was never the same. Why? Um, I mean, I know why, but why? For, because of the impact it has on you. Mm-hmm. Like, for me personally, in my case, I didn't realize how I would hold on to things mm-hmm. so much. And my actions, I might not have brought it up, but the way I treated him afterwards was definitely coming from a place of hurt. Mm-hmm. So it did change it. I say I could forgive, but it was still there. So it's it's really hard. I think like now, I get it. People make mistakes. Okay. I, I get that. <coughs> I understand that. You have to leave room for mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get to the point where you actually bring somebody else into the relationship, mm-hmm. you could have had a conversation. You could have done things, I think, you know, mm-hmm. to prevent that. Like for me, I feel like if I'm going to mess around with somebody else, I need to put an end to what I have right now. What's the point of being messy? But that's me. And right. I know it's easier said than done. I know it is. When there's kids involved, there's Most family definitely. involved, I get it. So I think now my answer is probably no, I can't forgive. No? I don't know. I don't what? think so. I don't what? know. I don't know. That's my <laughs> ex. He's probably be like, she gave me a hard-ass time. No, <laughs> she didn't. <laughs> so um, have you ever been married? Yep. How was that? How was, how was marriage? It was good. It was fun. I loved having somebody next to me, um, somebody to share my life with. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they were usually my friends. You know, they, okay. like they were my friends or, first. Yeah, uh-huh. my friend first before mm-hmm. being in a relationship. Do you think that's better? I think so. Why? 
because then I can trust him. I can talk to him. Um, I don't know. I think it's, I, for me, I feel it's better because I, uh, I don't know. I guess just because when you're friends at first, you kind of don't hold back certain things you, mm-hmm. you share and then I think that if you already know a lot about the person and that person has been transparent mm-hmm. you know you're gonna expect that's gonna be what happens in the relationship doesn't mean it's true but that's how I see it it's <laughs> like okay we're friends you're transparent so right, right. I kind of know what to expect right because that can be it can go both ways like right. if that was your homeboy and he was always messing around right, right. his girls right. back well, you know what you're getting into. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I know, but that's so for myself personally. I mean, I've never been married, but um, I've always known, like, I've always, this this is probably going to sound fucked up, but try to understand where <laughs> I'm coming from. <laughs> I'm going to try, Drake. <laughs> I've always valued friendships more than I valued relationships. Mm-hmm. So, I've had homegirls that I was attracted to that, um, that hindsight's twenty twenty now looking back, I probably should have married a couple of them, you know what I mean? Um, but there's for me, there's a point in the friendship that comes like say you and I, like we hang out, we chill, whatever the case may be, and it's like, oh shit, V's dope. But V's so so it's gotten to with with a few of my homegirls, it's gotten to a point to where as we hang out, we chill, we we do everything under the sun except for have sex and be intimate with each other. And it's like, oh, she's dope as fuck. Now I'm not going to pursue that in a romantic aspect because I don't want to ruin the the friendship. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, so for me, it always comes to a, a fork in the road. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's true. and I've always chosen the friendship over the relationship. Always, it's always. So I've, but but then again. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is I probably should stop doing shit like that because it never works out for me. Like, I've always dated women who I wasn't friends with first. Mm-hmm. Like, complete strangers. Like, oh, shit. <laughs> I find her attractive. We hang out a few times, you know, for for like a month. And then it's like we start dating. And then you start finding out shit about this person. And it's like, you don't even <laughs> like this motherfucker. <laughs> but, you look good. But, but you look good. It. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But because... It's, I like to think that I'm a simple, I like to think that I'm a simple man, man. And I don't really ask for much, man. It's just like, but like women, what well, men men and women, we both, I'm not going to say we because I'm not going to put myself in that category. <laughs> but men and women, they they front, they send their representatives yes. uh, when they first meet someone mm-hmm. and they're on their, ber- they're on their best behavior. Right. Uh, first couple weeks, first month in and shit, and everything's cool. And you think, like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. this motherfucker's dope. Um, I can see myself with this person. Mm-hmm. And then once you get with this person, it's just like, who the fuck are you? Like, I don't even know. Who <laughs> who are you? <laughs> Where'd you fucking come from? Can I like, speak to your Right, right. Like, like, bring that motherfucker <laughs> back here because we got some shit to talk about, right? So, so that's really how it goes for me. So it's just like, well, shit, maybe... Maybe, but I don't, I don't, I just don't think, I just don't think I can pull the trigger on that. Like, once you're that dope of a fucking person, I'm always going to value, because case in point, I still have all of those homegirls yeah. now to this day. It's mm-hmm. been like 15, 20, 
15, 10 to, 10 to 20 years later, they're still by my side. I can still yeah. call them at the drop of a dime. Um, my exes? Come on, man. <laughs> like, yo, for real. You know, like, what? I mean, we still cool. Everything's cordial, right, but this is right. like, nah, I'm, I'm cool off that. You know yeah. what I mean? If I... <laughs> If I never spoke to some of you motherfuckers again, it'll probably be too soon, you know, type shit. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I know that's right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, so it, it's a, it's a, it's, it's damn near like a gift and a curse and type shit. Yeah. So it, it's, it's just, I don't know, man. And at our age now, when it comes to dating, I found my, I find myself, um, just not having the patience to want to even fucking entertain anything. And that's probably bad for me. You know what I mean? It's probably bad for me. <laughs> I don't know, but it's probably bad for me. <laughs> but <laughs> Because I'm just, I'm just so short fused when it comes to yeah. shit, you know, with bullshit. Like right. I don't, you don't, have I, don't time for it I don't, man. I'm just like, yeah. okay, really? Like I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like yeah. it's cool. Especially you're 40 plus. You're still trying to yeah, impress man. people. Yeah, nah. Just be you. Yeah, Say That's it again. That's what I do. To say it again to you. Please. Please. <laughs> you want to be beautiful. I don't care how you put it. Just For be For real, you. man. Because that's me. I'm like, man, you're either going to like me or not, and that's cool. Yeah, that's my I'm philosophy, too. I'm to accept too. that. Yeah, me too. Be all right. Me too, man. Like, I mean, I've been that way for a while, so it's just like, um, well, mm. I was in a relationship for uh, about four years, and then I took a year off of just all things, everything to, you know, find myself again. You know what I mean? Because I, I don't think a lot of people take the time to do that after relationships and shit. They just want to, you know, get back out there dating and all this good mm-hmm. shit. And they think, you know, um, but nah, I had to take time off, man. And then when I get back out there and it's just like, okay, this shit is wild, crazy yeah, to me, is. man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, let me ask you this question. Um, when do you think a person is ready for marriage? For marriage? For marriage. Man, I don't know. Yeah. I've been married twice, and yeah. I'm just like, I but don't no, know when I'll, be mar- <laughs> when I'll be ready again. So to, I will give you that answer when I figure it out. But no, so you've been married twice. Um, Jesus. Like, what, what? No, just like, okay. what was it that you thought was like, okay, this is the person that I can marry? Because I'm, t- I'm just going to tell you, not, not, not to cut you off before you even get started, but. I know people who are married, and they say to me, well, Dre, you'll just know. Mm-hmm. No, motherfucker, you won't, because <laughs> if it was that simple, I'd probably be married. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, um, no, nah, man, I, I, yeah, no. It's, it's just never, I, I believe, this is just what I believe, man. I believe that people are, I think, I think that everyone comes into everyone's life for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever that reason is, we'll figure that out once life is over with or that relationship is over with um so i just never gave into the whole when you know you know type shit and mm-hmm. it's like because i've met some dope like i said i met, i know some dope ass females yeah. that i know i would marry them but some of my dope ass female friends have been have been married and they are divorced or who have never been married and they're dope ass females so it's just like nah motherfucker you can't tell me like no, I'm like, nah, nah, you just don't know. But what was it for you, though? Like, Well, my, okay, so my first marriage, I guess because we already had a family, mm-hmm. you know, so it was just a 
I mean, neither one of us was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we loved each other. You know, we, okay. we we saw a future together. I mean, nobody ever gets married. To get divorced. Think, right. right. Everybody gets married because you want to live the rest of your life. But, with it, but is it but is this like a certain thing that, like, we, we all date and shit. You know what I mean? We all date, uh, you know, we date different people and shit. And even, even to say, like, is it a certain thing that makes you want to be with that specific person versus the rest of the fucking herd. <laughs> and that's true. I don't know. You we see just, what I'm saying? We, yeah, because we just clicked. It was like we were we were really good friends. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had our issues, but we just clicked. Like we um, liked the same music. Mm-hmm. We shared our friends. We just had a good time together. Right, we right. just really enjoyed each other's company. Mm-hmm. You know, and even... Like, I'll say for my second marriage, um, it was the same thing. We were really good friends. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed each other's company. Mm-hmm. Um, and But where I messed up going into my second marriage is I didn't give myself enough time. Mm. I jumped into mm-hmm. another relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would not recommend that to anybody because you miss the red flags. Mm-hmm. You are bringing all this baggage. Forget the other person. Right. You yourself. Right. You're bringing all this baggage and that's going to affect that marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, I'm not going to blame myself for shit that other somebody else does. Correct. But at the end of the day, though, I know what I brought to the table. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend that you at least, at least, if you get out of a serious relationship or you experience any kind of trauma, loss, anything like that, Give yourself at least at least a year yeah. before you even think about, you know, getting serious with somebody or dating. That's that's my recommendation as well. So. Oh well, yeah, we've gone to counseling, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And we by have. the way, counseling is not for the weak. No, it's not. Because that, you that's, that's get into some sp- deep stuff and speak you gotta on face that. some demons. Yeah. Because I know for me, like honestly, from this last, um, from the counseling I did this last time around. Um, I was so messed up that, first of all, my chemicals weren't even popping off right. Mm -hmm. So I had to get on some meds to Mm. balance that out. Mm. And it was just because I was so stressed out. Right. And again, because the whole panic mode, you know, survivor Mm -hmm. mode. So then once I got that taken care of, then I could do my counseling. Mm -hmm. And so when I got into my counseling, I was thinking, I'm going to focus on this last relationship, how it messed me up, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. First session, we knocked it out. Mm-hmm. After that, it was all my childhood stuff. I had to open those that nightmare mm-hmm. up. Talk mm-hmm. about like, shit, I was molested when I was like three or four. Mm-hmm. Opening up that mm-hmm. box and dealing with that dark shit that was inside of me. It was like, it was scary. Okay. I'm a grown woman, but that was scary. No, no doubt. Um, so I had to and be it strong <laughs> enough and brave enough to face that. Yeah. Because it takes a lot out of you. It does. It really does. Because um, even in, in my therapy sessions as well, man, it's just like, um, just, and I'm a, and I'm a grown ass man, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> and, and I'm a man's man, but man's man. <laughs> I'm a man's <laughs> man, like for real. Yeah. But man, that just unpacking all of that trauma from my childhood, shit that, and it's crazy, man, because. It's, it's it's shit that you've tucked away so far yeah. away and that you don't even know what's in there until mm-hmm. they start asking the right questions right. and then they start revealing things and talking about these emotions and 
how you dealt with this, that, and the third, and you know all this shit. And yeah, you're right, man. It's not for the faint of heart. No. But it's but it's so necessary, and it, it's 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 just so necessary for your mental health and just your growth as a person. Yeah. Because um, we all, in my opinion, should want to be better better people. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, so um, back to relationships. Um, outside of cheating because i hate when people say cheating what is your deal breakers when it comes to relationships mm. what is like a deal breaker like if you were if you were um dating some guy and he did blank that would turn you off of him asking you these difficult questions, man, this is what I There's do. stuff I got to think about, too, right? That's <laughs> what like I do. A deal breaker. Because I got mine off the top, man. It's, it's too easy for me, man. Like, oh, like, figured out. I don't like rude and inconsiderate people, man. Like, oh, yeah. I don't, it, like, but it's a major turnoff to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I can't, that's just something I can't overlook. Like, if you and I are out and you're rude to the waitress or you're oh, rude yeah. to a person, a random person, I'm turned off automatically. You could be the baddest chick ever. You could have the best personality to me. But what that tells me about you is Mm -hmm. at some point down the road, you're going to be a rude motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're going to take me outside of my normal calmness. And I'm just not, after my last relationship, man, I'm just not for the the fight and the animosity and shit, man. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. I understand that. In every relationship, there's going to be some type of uh, disagreements and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But I've always been of the mindset, like, if we can't just sit down and talk about it, like adults, yeah. then uh, what the hell are we doing? And a lot of people, um, and, and I'm guilty of this. Like, if I'm mad, like, I used to be a type of person, like, if I'm mad, I'm just going to shut down. I ain't talking to you, <laughs> which is worse. because <laughs> hey, like, I did that. Because so for me, yeah, well, in couple of my, my exes did it, too. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed was that shit pisses me off more than you cursing me out. You know what I mean? Don't, don't ignore me, motherfucker. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you surface answers. <laughs> or that, too. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, so I was like, we're 40-plus years old right now. We should be able to have an right. in-depth conversation about it's whatever it is that's bothering us, right. you know, what's going on. So, fucking I, know. Beef over. I know I had to, you know, stop wanting to fight everybody. Yeah, like, man. Gang fight, stop. Yeah, I know. Stop, stop it. <laughs> chill. You got to chill. You got to relax, you know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, because I, I think that, too, um, when it comes to men, if, I mean, I've always told my daughter, and of course, like, you're not going to meet their parents or, Mm -hmm. you know, be around them right Mm -hmm. away. That's going to take time. But she knows to always look at how he treats her sisters. Right. I mean, his sisters. His his mom. And you kind of get an idea, or you even see how the dad treats the mom. Right. You get an idea of what kind of dynamic you're getting into. For sure. That affects you. But for sure. I think for me, any man that is trying too hard to impress me, Mm -hmm. I feel like what is your insecurities? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm for you. Like, I'm for supporting you. Like, if you do have insecurities, cool. I'm mm-hmm. not going to, you know, embarrass you or make mm-hmm. you feel shameful of that. But when you're using it to, or when you start trying to impress me and I can tell you're just not being yourself, right. to me, I feel like you're going to be manipulative or you're going to always 
try to be you're you really don't know who you are right and that's gonna that means i'm gonna get into a mess with somebody that doesn't even know who they are where they're going and that means that I think also too, there's not going to be any stability right. because you're not you're not going to have any a ground to stand on with this person. Mm-hmm. But so it would be like just I feel like, and that's in general. Right. Like anybody wants to hang with me or a guy wants to talk to me, if you are arrogant mm-hmm. or you are trying to show off or it's just I don't have time for you. <laughs> if you're or you're that guy that like everybody wants me, cool. I'm glad they everybody wants you. They can have you. <laughs> they Keep going. <laughs> Don't know why you want me not. Yeah, <laughs> Shut up. <Be> quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I caught the end of that, but okay. Um, <laughs> um, so do you um do you usually stay friends with your exes? No. Why? I don't like them. Oh, <laughs> I don't like them. Really? Wait, wait, hold, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I gotta sit up. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Um, what? Oh. I had to talk to the father of my children. Right. Had to. And we kept it at only because we I, I feel like um, we hurt each other a lot. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of unresolved feelings and stuff. I mean, now we're in a good place. Like, okay. we're not friends. We don't hang out right. or anything. But but you guys are cordial. Yeah, you guys we're could, cordial. Yeah, okay. Like if we, like um, when my Kids have something. Mm-hmm. We're there. Okay. You know, his wife is there. We're cool. Okay. Like, I'm cool with her. I have no problem okay. with her at all. Like, no, yeah, I yeah. respect their relationship. Good. And I wish them the best, you know. Um, but we don't hang out. We're okay. not, like, friends, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And then my ex, um, I'll see him every now and then. Mm-hmm. I'll be cool with him, mm-hmm. you know, now. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. I'll be mm-hmm. like, yo, what's up? <laughs> you know, I'll we'll have a conversation. <laughs> I don't feel like stabbing you anymore. We're cool. Right now, in this yeah, moment. Right now, so, yeah. Let me get a trigger and then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's definitely, that's funny. <laughs> but no, I get you. So would you consider yourself an introvert or extrovert? I don't know. Because sometimes I feel like I'm an extrovert. I've never been shy or anything. Mm-hmm. But I like my my space. Like, mm-hmm. To reset and stuff, regroup, mm-hmm. I like to be by myself. Mm-hmm. That I do. But for the most part, I think I am. I love to be with people. I love mm-hmm. to be around people. And I'm not shy at all. Like, mm-hmm. I can go anywhere and talk to anyone. Anyone. That's good. Because um, I'm, I'm sort of the same way, honestly, man. So it's I don't know. Like, where do we fall? I don't Are we know. introverts that learn to be extroverts? Nah. I don't know. I don't know, know man. Because um, our... our Upbringings were dr- was drastically different. I, was, I mean, meaning in the sense like, um, I mean, we have similar backgrounds. However, like for me, man, I was like this outcast, um, have not, very stand put off because I was people just wasn't fucking with me. So yeah. <laughs> I had to learn for a long time to be mm-hmm. comfortable with myself. And I was an introvert because motherfuckers wasn't talking to me. Yeah. I was this poor nappy headed kid. And they were like, ah, we cool. See, you know, <laughs> we were all poor, so it didn't matter. Exactly. You know, I was this ashy ass kid. So they was like, nah, we cool. But, but like, you know, once I got older, you know, um, and you know, was able to put my shit together, man. Um, I became more, I mean, more people started to gravitate towards me mm-hmm. and things of that nature. and Especially now, huh? <sighs> well, yeah, I see I mean, you, Dre. But, I but, see you. But, but that's the thing, though, man. It's like, that shit is cool. 
for real. It really is. It's cool as shit. But <laughs> but um, I'd rather be at my my. I'd rather be home, man. I'd rather be home. I'm chilling. I'd be either with my daughter, mm-hmm. or I'm in here by myself, man. And I'm just I'm just I'm cool with that, man. I'm very very like just a homebody for the most part and mm-hmm. shit. I mean, I don't really. I don't really like being around big crowds and shit and big people, big groups of people that I don't know. Um, if I know the majority of the people, then yeah, I'm cool. But with that even being said, though, um, if I'm with my girl and shit and I go to a function with her or whatever the case may be, I'm cool in that in that atmosphere as well. I could like like you, I can talk to anyone. I get along with pretty much everyone. Um, as long as you ain't a rude fucking prick, then you know right. I get along with everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I like my um, I like my own space, man. I like I like my own, my own me time and stuff, yeah. you know. And that's probably gotten me in trouble with myself in my dating life, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because <laughs> I hear you. I'm just like, yo, man, like, can I live? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and and, and the thing is, like, I'm not even one of them dudes who just be out there hanging with the boys and shit. Like, nah, nigga, like, I just want. And you can't like just outright tell your girl like yo can you leave because i just want to be alone you can't you, you can't do shit like that so it's just like True. it makes <laughs> it makes for a real uncomfortable situation and it's like for me like i could be alone by myself for like four days straight yeah. and it's like i'm cool with that like go do what you do i'm gonna mm-hmm. be here and, and i'm nine out of ten times i'm here in my place yeah. but still i want my own space mm-hmm. i need that and but i think it's i think for me man it's because that's how i came up like and so i I, I yearn for the alone time now, and especially since being in the Air Force, working 20 fucking years in fucking retail, and it's like always being around fucking people, man. It's like, oh, my God. Like, yes, it's like, yo, can I, can, I, can I just chill the fuck out, like, by myself and shit? So, um, you ain't going to find a girl like that. No, no, I mean, I know, but and, and I, <laughs> I know. Well, you could, you could. If she no, I mean, I, I just need... I just need her to understand, yeah, that like sometimes I just want some time to myself and shit. Like, but that's important. That's to me. healthy. That's very healthy. Yes. So you would exactly. have to find another healthy person to understand that and not take it personal. Like, oh, you just don't want to spend time with me. No, <laughs> I just need to. I just like my space. <laughs> of course, that's gonna change when it gets serious. You know, you're gonna have to adjust. But yeah, but see, I think that's where the problem lies, though. <laughs> <laughs> like when we get serious, it's like, okay, cool, we. Yeah. We're cool and Yeah, that's why I wanna I think that if they're healthy and they understand and they respect your needs. Right. Because you're definitely gonna respect their needs. For sure. From what I have gotten the way that I know have For gotten sure. to know you, you're gonna you pay attention For to sure. what they like, don't like, and you're able to you know, you want space, I'll give you space. For sure. You're not gonna make them feel guilty. For sure. And they have to be at the same level. They have to meet you. The, and that place too, where I, I know it's hard because <laughs> us women, we are emotional creatures. For sure. You know, and, but but you have to learn. You know, I'll catch myself sometimes. I'm like, yo, chill. Yeah. What's your problem? Relax, you know? relax. You ain't got to be negative all the time. It's For cool. real, man. Shit. Maybe he's just asleep. He yeah. hasn't texted you back. Calm down. The nigga ain't asleep, but no, I'm just <laughs> fucking with you. Well, yeah, I'm going to tell myself that to make myself feel better. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, man. He, he is. He's asleep. He was working hard. <laughs> So, um, what is your ideal weekend? What's that look like? What's an ideal weekend look like for you? Oh, right now it would be like floating on the river yeah. in the tube. Yeah. That would be so amazing. Yeah. Or just taking off. I I think somewhere outdoors. Yeah. Lake or something. Yeah. Just somewhere cool. Just 
relax, have a cold one. That's what's up, man. Um, mm-hmm. Tell me, what was the best phase in your life so far? Best phase in my life. Hmm. I think I think it's now um, being comfortable mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. and being by myself. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. I never thought, because, man, Dre, I've been since I was freaking 14 with somebody. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I'm, like, by myself, mm-hmm. really. And it feels good, man. Mm-hmm. feels it good. <laughs> if I don't want to cook dinner, I ain't got to cook dinner. <laughs> There's I'm nothing just like pour it. me <laughs> a bowl of cereal, I'm good. Like There's nothing like I wanna it, I want to watch whatever show. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it till 1 o'clock in the morning if yeah, I feel yeah. like it. Yeah, yeah. Don't matter. Yeah, that's dope, man. What, what was the worst phase in your life? Um, worst phase was um, facing all my demons, um, mm-hmm. feeling that loneliness, um, feeling um, hopeless. Um, that I it would just I was in a very dark place, and we're talking about like what like about a not even a year ago. Like mm-hmm. I think when I first met you, I was you know <coughs> I had made some improvements, but I was still not in a good place. Oh, I know. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, just finding myself um, nobody to run to. Mm-hmm. I had to, like, face, face myself. Oh. So, like, now I see it, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, it was like, shit, who am I? Where mm-hmm. am I going? I'm not used to this. Yeah. Somebody help me. And yeah. I've never been one to be a victim. Right. But in that moment, I felt no, very I helpless, you. Yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, and that's good, man. And, and to, for me, myself, personally, man, to be able to see that growth in you is, is a, is a, is, is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So um, keep, keep, keep working at that. Keep doing that. Um, uh, what are you most thankful for? My kids. Mm. Man, my kids have been there for me. I mean, my friends, don't get me wrong. I don't want right. to leave out my friends. Man, my friends are like family. My family, too. They've always believed in me. But my kids have gone through these experiences with me because, Mm -hmm. you know, for one, they didn't have a choice. They're my kids. They're, you know, they're growing (laughs) up with me. So whatever I put myself through, my kids are getting put through it. Right. And sometimes we don't think about that. Like, so my kids saw me, they seen me at my worst and they see how I'm growing. And I love how they just, they'll tell me, mom, you're so strong. We look Mm -hmm. up to you. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Or sometimes as parents, we feel like, man, I missed the mark. So I'm so grateful for my kids. I'm so glad I have them. That's good. Um, tell me tell me one thing that any one of your children has taught you about life. See, my daughter has taught me that regardless of what you have been exposed to, been put through, um, it doesn't have to define who you are. It doesn't have to determine what direction you go. And my son, I just see how the odds have been against him. Mm-hmm. And he continues to push through. Mm-hmm. Like, he just swims against the current every mm-hmm. time. And he continues to amaze me at the family man that he is. Mm-hmm. Like, he will do anything for his wife and his kids. Mm-hmm. And he'll do whatever it takes to protect them. Mm-hmm. And I love that because I helped raise him. 
Yeah, most definitely. You know, and I'm proud of him. Mm -hmm. So I must have done something right. Mm -hmm. But a I know, bit. yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little and bit. his dad too, you know. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. But a lot of it had to do with his own decisions yeah. of his experiences. Mm -hmm. You know, he went through divorce. You know, both my kids went through my relationship. Mm -hmm. So they've just taught me that. That and and to them, I mean, they tell me that I've taught them that. But honestly, seeing them go through it, mm -hmm. it just makes me feel like, dude, <coughs> I can do this. I'm gonna keep going. That's good. That's that's good. That's good shit. That's good life. That's good life lessons to have had learned. Um, final question for you is make it easy. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> never gonna be easy, man. Um, I don't even know if I asked you this already, though. Oh but uh, what makes you feel most accomplished? Most accomplished. I think my personal life, my um, my relationships, mm -hmm. because they were always surface um, deep. They really weren't. Even though I've had very very good relationships, mm -hmm. like any of my friends will tell you, V's there for me. Right. I know she loves me. She's got my back. But I never really gave people the opportunity to be that for me. Mm. I was always the friend, mm -hmm. the, you know, mm -hmm. the protector and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And going through all this, I was able, and it was, I was able to allow my friends and my family to be there for me. Yeah. And so our relationships are even more vulnerable. I'm more vulnerable to my friends, mm -hmm. you know. Of course, I trust them. Right, of course. You know, and we've developed that trust and we share, you know, more things with each other, mm -hmm. deep things where I'm able to share with them. And it's crazy because at first it was kind of like, oh, shit, V's calling me crying. What do I do? I don't know what to say to her, you know, because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, yeah, yeah. my friend's calling me. Hey, right. you know, pray for me. I need of some course. help. What yeah, should yeah. I do? You know, and so <coughs> when I called them crying, it was like, whoa, are you okay? Wait, you know, I, there was one friend I called and I'm crying. I call her as soon as she answers the phone. I'm like, oh, I can't even talk. Yeah, I can't yeah. even breathe. I'm crying. And she's like, wait, do you need medical attention? <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm just crying. She's like, okay. And and she's like, I was like, what the hell? She's crying. Like, what do I do? Okay. Right, right. She goes, I thought, like, you don't call me crying. Right, right. So it was like, did something happen? Yeah, yeah. Did somebody die? Yeah. Did somebody hurt you? You know? So yeah, um, right. that's, I feel like right now, that's been one of my biggest accomplishments. Aside from, you know, my, my career, um, more of my, my, my relationships. Just how they have matured mm -hmm. and how I'm learning to have healthy relationships. That's good. Love um, that. I've it's learned. Stress. That's good. Um, I've, yeah, most definitely, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I've always had great relationships, but in 2019, because I'm, I'm that same friend. I'm the friend that, you know, my people come to, they call for advice, they need this, they need that, whatever the case may be. I'm that guy for all of my, for most of my friends, right? tell. And, um, well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but in 2019, which was my worst year to date, um, that was my very first time reaching out to any of my close friends, like, when I needed help, like, real help, you know? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they all, without a shadow of a doubt, help me in any which way they can. Some monetarily, some just being there for me uh, to talk to, like when I was actually going through some shit. And like you said, I mean, that just really 
tightened the bond and solidified the friendship um, even more. And for those people, man, I'm just thankful for, man. And then you find out, like, a lot of the people that you held in that regard, just, nah, it's not. They're they're not who, they're not that. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah, man, that's dope, man. Um, I appreciate it. Um, One last question is, do you have any questions for me? (laughs) Do you want to ask me anything since I just grilled you uh, for about an hour hour and a half here so yeah i mean you got any questions for me no i mean because you know my life is pretty much an open book you pretty much know my shit yeah all i have to do is listen to your podcast for sure i know what's up what's going on with me you know so no that's cool man but v for real man thank you for your time and i appreciate you sharing your story um it was fun man it was it was good uh I've learned some things about you that yeah. I didn't know um, before, which is which is always good. Um, keep man, keep fighting a good fight, man. Keep growing, man. Never, never, um, never, you know, let, never let. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, people are gonna get you off your mark. You yeah. know what I mean? But it's always important that you get back on your mark, man. And you being a strong woman, and you know, overcoming damn near everything. I mean, overcoming everything that you've been through for sure. I yeah. mean. Um, that's a testament to who you are. That's a testament to your strength. That's a, a testament to your drive and your ambition as a person. So never lose that shit. Um, keep going. Um, don't be so gangsta at times. I'm you can not. You can relax. <laughs> <laughs> you can relax. <laughs> I promise you you can. Um, but no, man, keep doing it, man. It was a pleasure, and thank you again. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all you do. Appreciate you it. You are making a difference. And in our community and other communities and also as a woman, I feel like for us too. Yeah. You you speak for us. I, um, well, I we can speak that. for ourselves. Yeah. Yes, you can. But <laughs> but it's good, you know, it's good to have um uh, someone out there um speaking up for us as well. I appreciate that. I, I just so happen to be a feminist, so um <laughs> I, I am. I, I mean I, I think a lot of it had to do with me having daughters, you know, that that that's yeah. just like really pushed everything to the forefront for me as far as women is concerned because they have so many bad role models out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? To whereas, like, nah, man, I need to let them know, like, brains will get you a lot further than your beauty will. Um, Hard work will get you a lot further than your beauty will. Um, And the fucking beauty is only temporary, man. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's important for me to always advocate for that, man. And as far as females are concerned, I champion y'all, man. I mean, in my opinion, I mean, it's it's not even my opinion. It's a natural known fact. Women run the motherfucking world, man. So True. I just want to be an ally. So <laughs> 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 this is Dre E. This is the Minority Report, episode number 25 with V, and we out. Whew. There we go, you guys. Another episode of the Minority Report is in the books. I want to thank all the listeners out there for continuing to listen to us each and every week. To all of our new listeners, thank you, thank you, thank you. The more the merrier. Please spread the word. You can follow us at Minority Rap Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So all social media platforms, Minority Rap Pod on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I want to shout out to my girl Ty White for the beat. Uh, for the intro outro beat so y'all look her up ty white beats ty white underscore beats and that's on your instagram or on apple music as well you can find her she can lace you
too. Um, also look us up on our YouTube channel, The Minority Report. It's on YouTube. Uh, we're on there. Please hit that subscribe button. Uh, like us, dislike us, leave a comment. Um, let us know. Let us know how we did on today's episode, and we'll greatly appreciate that. Until then, um, I'll ask. Peace. And love. Uh-huh.